We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Are you at John 4.4? Okay, just sit there for a second. And I'm going to read for you John 4.27. Just then... His disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards Jesus. I'm going to read verse 28 again because that's our, that's, our, that's our point. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Although um, she doesn't get a a lot of credit for it, this woman that we're going to discuss today is one of the most important women in Scripture. Uh, This woman is single-handedly responsible uh, for starting a Jesus movement, being the first domino to fall in a place where where Jesus and people like him were not welcome. Because of this woman's testimony about Jesus, verse 30 says that people made their way towards Jesus. I think last week we talked about, and I even talked to Cody briefly about what they talked about in group. They talked about your testimony about Jesus and how powerful your testimony is. It was this woman's testimony about Jesus that that brought people out of where they were, that brought people from believing what they were believing, and it brought them towards Jesus. Somebody shout your testimony. I want you to understand before we finish up today that your testimony is extremely powerful. Your testimony is what moves the gospel forward. Your testimony is what changes the lives of people. This woman, who we're going to learn, did not have a good reputation, but out of nowhere she comes and she lands in the middle of a situation where she is now calling people out of their situation, out of their home, out of their town, and to Jesus, all because of her testimony. Somebody shout your testimony. It is not just what Jesus did for you. It's your testimony about who Jesus is to you. It was her testimony about who this man was to her that changed the lives of everybody she talked to. I'm trying to make you understand, too, is that this woman did not have a good reputation in the town. But for some strange reason, after she came in contact with Jesus and she got a testimony as to to who he was to her, she was able to change the minds and lives of people because of what she said about Jesus. What do you say about Jesus? The church I grew up in, they said that was a, that was a Friday night song. It was a call and response. Said, what you know about Jesus and you shout, he's all right. <laughs> what do you say about Jesus? I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to stay long on this because I want to get back to my notes and I'm already floating. I want you to understand how potent, how powerful, how effective your testimony about Jesus is. 
we're going to learn that this was a place where the gospel had not been preached. They didn't believe what Jesus believed. They didn't didn't see it his way. But out of nowhere, this woman is able to affect change to start a movement in a place where the gospel had not been. All because she said, listen to me, come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. I want to know this morning, do you have a testimony about Jesus? I know we can get caught up in the easy stuff. You know, God gave me breath today. He, he woke me up this morning. But can you testify about who he is to you? Not what he's done. For, listen to me. Not what he's done for you. Who he is to you. You see, that's the difference that, 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 that changes things. That is, that is the testimony that moves people, that changes the minds and the hearts of people. When you can co- convey to a person that he is my Lord and my Savior, and if he had not done for me what he done for me, I would have lost my mind a long time ago. If he had not went to Calvary Cross and take my sin, took my sins with him, I would be dead and gone and lost in my sins. If it were not for him, is that your testimony? Do you even have a testimony? It was the power in this woman's testimony that changed everything. That is why this woman, in my my opinion, is one of the most important women in the New Testament. My question for God, though, as I studied this woman's story, was why her? Yeah, you know, th- th- there was nothing special about this woman. As a matter of fact, she had more working against her than she had working for her. And I'm asking God why her. But what he revealed to me was that she was the only one, hear me, y'all, she was the only one that would give what it cost. Out of everybody in that region, she was the only one that would give what it cost. She left her water jar. Her water jar was was the thing she used to quench her thirst. Her water jar was the means that she used to satisfy her fleshly desires. She she shows up at the, the, the well one day, and as she did every day to quench her thirst. But on the day that she showed up, Jesus just so happened to be there. And she comes in contact with living water. She came in contact with a well that never runs dry. She comes in contact with a love that never ends. And because she came in contact with, she, she came looking for her normal fix. She came looking for her, 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 her normal thirst quencher. And, and, and when she showed up, Jesus was there. And, and because she came in contact with living water, she no longer needed a jar. She no longer needed another means because she found living water. Shout living water. Yeah, I don't have to go satisfy myself when I've got living water. I don't have to look to social media. I don't have to look to people. I don't have to look for a relationship when I've got living water. Shout living water. She left her jar because she came in contact with living water. What's your jar? (laughs) What's your jar? I'm not asking you if you drink smart water or Aquafina. What is that thing that you use 
to satisfy or try to satisfy your deepest needs? Is it sex? Is it alcohol? Is it marijuana? Is it CBD? Is it a relationship? Is it success? Is it social media? What is that thing that you use to try to satisfy and scratch your deepest itch? Here's what I wrote down. I want to make sure you have this. I won't live for him until I lead it. I won't live for him. I won't have a testimony about him until I leave it. Listen to me, y'all. I think you might be missing what I'm trying to get at. Until you leave your jar for living water, I won't live for him until I leave it. Until I can put down... You know, I, babe, I had, to, I had to do some work on this because, you know, marijuana and weed was just the thing back then. But now it was 2023. It's CBD, right? It's, it's just, I mean, it's gummies and it's all of these different things that we do to try to satisfy ourselves and numb ourselves from having to deal with life. But if you would just give yourself to God and just trust him, yeah, yeah. I could stop pacifying myself with things that don't work. If I start pacifying myself with things that don't work and find satisfaction in him, the thing will no longer have me. I'm giving y'all way better stuff than y'all responding. If, Jordan, if, if, if I don't leave it, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to live for. If I don't leave it, I'm not going to live for. I'll give you a small little example, because if I give you too many examples, you judge me. I remember when I was. (laughs) I was really establishing a relationship with God, and I've always I grew up. I say this all the time. I grew up hip hop like I grew up in the hip hop era. So. and I grew up in New York, too, so it's like we different up there when it comes to hip-hop. <laughs> we just different. And I was big on music, and I was a big Wu-Tang Clan fan. I mean, I was, I knew, look, you hear her? I had every poster under the sun. I had every record that came out. I knew every verse. I knew every song. I had a multitude of, I had, I had, I had so many CDs. I had to have, you know those big CD cases you used to have back in the day? I had two or three of those just full with just just good, solid hip-hop. I mean, good stuff. Not this play-play stuff that's out nowadays. I'm talking about good stuff. God told me I had to get rid of them. He told me I had to get rid of them. I had to leave it. Growing up, um, and I've told you this, my father drank all of my life, and uh, he was a bit of an alcoholic. I grew up drinking, and it was just normal to me. 
but God told me I had to leave it. He told me I had to leave it because I wasn't going to follow him if I never leave, if I never left it. I wasn't going to live for him if I never left it. Because whenever I got to find, whenever I got to find solace in, in, in a thing, I'm making it my God. I, I, I want this, I want this, I want this drag on this blunt to save me. Do we still do blunts nowadays? I don't know. I want, I, I want, I want, I want, I want this bottle to save me, take me away from what I'm feeling. I go lose myself in social media for a bit because I don't know how to deal with what I'm, what I've got going on. And all of a sudden, these little vices become your God. So I follow it instead of living for him. What's your jar? Where's your jar? For some, it's pornography. I'm going to press y'all way further than y'all want to go today. <laughs> Pastor Wanza, like, I'll never just go out and just, and just have random sex. I won't do that. But you sit at home and you watch pornography. You still scratch the itch. Oh, gosh, I'm messing with y'all too much. You still scratch the itch. You still quench the thirst. But you pour fingers at the person who's out there being promiscuous. And you're being extremely promiscuous in your mind. Ask your neighbor, what's your jar? What's your jar? Listen to me, y'all. I can't get off of this. I can't live for him unless I leave it. I got to leave the lifestyle. I got to leave the words. I have to leave whatever it is. Because if I don't leave it, I'm not going to live for it. So this, whole, so this is the reason why I'm saying all this discipleship and making disciples and disciples making disciples, all that stuff sounds cute. But if I don't live for them, I can't follow them. You see, babe, I'm be honest with you. I had to. I, I got into this stuff, and I had a whole other message prepared. But I got into it, and I told myself, "You got to take a step back." You talking about being a disciple? Well, Pastor Wanzel, I'm, I'm a disciple to this blunt that I'm dragging on right now. Is this too heavy for a Sunday morning? Should I not be talking this way? At some point, I have to stop. If I say that I want to, if I want to follow him, listen to me. If you don't want to follow him, please knock yourself, knock your head on the goalpost. I don't care. Do your thing. But if you say you want to follow him, if you say you want to live for him, I got to let it go. Can I press a little more, Cody? For some of you, it's none of that. It's just your mind. You can't be trusted in your own thought. So now, since you're because, because you're the judge and the jury over every thought that you have, you have no God because you're a God and you don't share it with him. I can't live for him. I can't follow him unless I leave it. I have to leave these trains of thought and follow the way that he's calling me to go. This is way heavier. I want to look at this lady's life. 
find out how she arrived at a place where she was willing to leave her jar. Because that's the goal, right? She left her jar. What needs to happen? What happens over the course of a period of time where it causes you to leave this thing that you've just been so dependent upon? Let's get the first point. Let's go to verse 4. I'm going to be quick, y'all, but I took too long on that. Let's go to verse 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Verse 8 says the disciples had gone into town to buy food. Point number one, write this down, please, because you got to have it. I want you to know that he's been waiting on you. Somebody shout, he's been waiting on you. After spending some time in in Judea, um, Jesus decided it was time to go back north to Galilee. In addition to that, verse 4 says that he, he, he had to go through Samaria. He must needs, King James, he must needs to go through Samaria. Now, geographically, um, this, this pit stop was not a problem because Judea was in the south, Gal- Galilee was in the north, and Samaria kind of sat smack dab in, in the middle between the two. So it wasn't geographically an issue, but um, because there was such religious tension between um, Samaria and the Jews, most Jews stayed away from Samaria just to make sure they didn't get themselves in a brawl. But nonetheless, Jesus says, I must needs go through Samaria. After walking about 30 miles from Judea to Sychar is where he ended up, Jesus and his disciples arrive at Sychar at high noon, at the hottest hour of the day. Jesus, tired from walking 30 miles, he sits down at the well, and before he gets a drink to quench his thirst because he is tired, he sends the disciples away on another assignment. So now, by choice, Jesus is sitting at a well by himself, thirsty, waiting on someone to get him a drink. I like... Verse 7, because it says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Somebody shout, when. When "When she showed up to draw water. While she was coming to the place, Jesus was already waiting in the place. Somebody tell your neighbor, he's been waiting on you. Let me tell you something. You had to make it what you went through because he, he's been waiting on you. You wanted to take your life last year, but you couldn't because he's been waiting on you. You thought you were going to lose your mind that time around, but you didn't because he's been waiting on you. 
Somebody shout, he's been waiting on you. You didn't think you were going to make it through that last storm, but you did because he's been waiting on you. I came to tell somebody this morning who thought that it wasn't on purpose. God has been waiting on you. The reason why you are here in this place today, sitting in this exact space, is because he's been waiting on you to have this conversation with you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's been waiting on you. Oh, I'll do you one better. He's, oh gosh, he's been clearing your schedule. You know, he's allowed some people to leave your life and he's allowed some 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 opportunities to leave your life because his schedule is already clear because he's been waiting on you here and he's been making you available for him. So when you get into the space, you can be one on one with him and give him the attention that he needs. Somebody shout, he's been waiting on you. He's been getting you here. He, girl, he's been trying to get you here since your childhood. He's been waiting on you all. He's been waiting for you to get done with that relationship with that dude that didn't do no good. He's been waiting on you. Somebody shout, he's waiting on you. He's been orchestrating your every step. While you were putting on your makeup this morning, when you were struggling to figure out what to wear this morning, he's been sitting here in this place waiting on you. He's been waiting to have this conversation with you for a long time. You, you see, here's the, here's the thing. If, 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 if the conversation would have took place three weeks ago, you weren't ready for it. <laughs> you see, he had to clear a few things off your, your docket. He had to get your mind clear. He had to make sure that you weren't caught up on some things so he could have this conversation with you. Because there are some things that he wants you to do for his kingdom that he has to be clear about. And the only way he can be clear about it to you and you hear it is if you're in his space and he's in your space and y'all do it alone. shout he's waiting on you I want you to see the intentionality of Jesus <laughs> can I give you this I don't want to give it to you because I just want to push he sent away people who were qualified to give him water because he was waiting on you You see, they, they might have looked down on you and treated you some kind of way because, of you, because you're coming from where you're coming from. <laughs> you're walking out of what you're walking out of. You did what you did last night. But he's clearing the slate because he's been wanting to have a conversation with you. You see, he's got, he, oh gosh, y'all, he's got work that only you can do. Only you can do. Pastor Wanzel can't do the work that you got to do. He's got to work for you specifically. And he wants to just take a little bit of your time to ask you a few questions. Watch it. Let's get the next one. Only got three points. Let's keep working. Verse 7. Are you there? When a Samaritan woman came, came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Point number two, will you give him a drink? <clears throat> Say that with me. Will you give him a drink? 
When the woman gets there, Jesus wastes no time. <laughs> he asked the woman, will you give me a drink? He was asking the woman, y'all, I want you to work with me now. He was asking the woman, will you serve me? Just will you give me a drink? Will you serve me? God is asking you in this moment, will you serve me? Will you be my witness? Will you worship me? Will you quench my thirst? Somebody shout, will you serve me? I want you to catch this, though, and this is, this is vitally important. As soon as, he, as soon as Jesus poses the question to the woman, she disqualifies herself. Did you catch that? As soon as he poses the question, she disqualifies herself, and, and, and she, she says to them, um, well, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. How are you going to ask me for a drink? People like you don't, don't mess with people like me. You, did, did you catch that? In, in essence, watch, watch this now. In essence, what she says to him, I'm not able because of who I am. Y'all, I'm doing so good today. I don't even know where to go with this. She says to him, I'm not able because of who I am. Have you ever felt that way? <laughs> have, have, have you ever felt like you, I, I can't lift my hands and worship because of who I am? I, 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 can't, I can't serve you, Lord, because of what I've done. I'm, you know, I'm not able to do this because of the lifestyle that I live. I'm not able to. I know that they asked me to serve in church, but I can't do it because of who I am and what I've done. Have you ever really felt, I mean, I don't know if you want to be that honest with me, but have you ever felt that way? Like, you know, Pastor Tina's up here saying, lift your hands and give Lord to God some worship. And you feel like, I, not because of who I am. But I want you to catch something. He didn't say, can you give me a drink? He said, will you give me a drink? There's a difference. He wasn't asking if she was able. He was asking if she was willing. Oh, that went way over your head. You see, because if you're willing, he'll make you able. If, 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 if you don't believe me, let's look into scripture. If you don't believe me, let's look into scripture. If you go back and look at Moses, Moses, I mean, God comes to Moses, Moses, I need you to do some work for me. And he was like, well, 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 Lord, I, 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 I got a stuttering problem. He says, boy, I ain't asking you if you had a stuttering problem. I'm asking you if you're willing. He goes to Gideon, and Gideon is hiding out and pressing weed inside of a wine press. And, and God comes to him and says, listen, boy, I want you to go fight a battle for me. He's like, listen, I'm the least in my family disqualifies himself. I said, boy, I ain't asked you that. I'm asking if you're willing. Listen to me. Stop disqualifying yourself. Stop telling yourself that you're not able, you're not worthy of him. Oh, God. Stop telling yourself that you're not worthy of being in a relationship with him. I'm just letting you know today, if you're willing, he will make you able. The question is, if you're willing... I know you don't have a background for it. I know you're still in your mess. I'm asking if you're willing. Are you willing? Shout out, are you willing? He don't care what you did last night. He don't care what relationship you're in. He's asking you, are you willing to give me a drink? Are you willing to worship me? Are you willing to witness for me? Are you willing? 
I ain't ask you what you've been through. I ain't ask you how you messed it up last time. I'm asking, are you willing? Right now, are you willing? God wants you to know to stop disqualifying yourself. I remember when my wife actually told me <clears throat> that it was time for me to preach, to be a pastor already teaching but she said you know it's time for you to be a pastor we was in Miami at the time I'll never forget it and I remember in the moment when she said those words I said to myself you don't sound like a pastor you don't preach like these other guys Listen to me. I want you to understand that Pastor Wanzel is not an insecure dude. But the way that the enemy works, when God calls you to do something, he automatically sends disqualification. Because he knows that if you ever walk in your calling, the one that God has called you to, you're going to turn a whole city around. You're going to turn your family around. You're going to turn around generations. If you ever decide to just walk in that call that God has placed on your life. Let's get this last point. Let's get out of here. Let's go to verse 10. Verse 10 says this, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it, who it, who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. We can get, where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. 
but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you, what you have said, what you have just said, is quite true. Point number three, our final point for today. Write this down. Take the offer to address your sins. Somebody shall take the offer to address your sins. After some verbal gymnastics, Jesus finally piques this woman's curiosity, um, and she now is under, starting to understand who he is and what he is capable of, to the point she finally says to him, sir, um, if you've got something that's going to make me stop having to come back to this well every single day, I want that. You ever, you, ever, you, ever felt, you ever heard Jesus talked about so much and preached about so much and everybody giving their testimonies like, if, if he can do that, I want some of that. You ever been, raise your hand if you ever been there like, if he's able to do that, I want some of that. As soon as, watch me now, as, as soon as this woman got a thirst for Jesus, like soon as soon, soon as she, she, she started to have a desire for what he had going on, he brings her to a point of decision. He says, you want what I got? Okay, I'm with you. Go get your husband and bring him back. She says, uh, well, I don't have a husband. And that was the most powerful thing that woman could have said to Jesus. Because Jesus was giving her opportunity to earn her, to, to own her sin. You see, we can get into a conversation with Jesus. When I say conversation, I mean relationship. And we come to church and we play this game with Jesus and we act like everything is okay and we act like we don't have any sin in our life. But when you start to have a yearning for Jesus, you have a yearning for God, he's always going to point to your sin and say, I want you to address that. So he says to her, you want me? Okay. You want what I got? Okay. Go get your husband. Because what he was saying to her, you're living in sin. And I want to make sure that you're willing to be honest about your sin and address it. Listen to me. God is not going to convict you. He's not going to condemn you. All he's going to do is point to the sin in your life and say, take the offer to address it. You see, we can sit here and play like everything is okay in your life, but me and you know, we both know that you ain't got no husband, but you stand with a man. Oh, y'all are going to push me because you're not responding. Me and you both know that your lifestyle is all jacked up, but we're going to act like. Jesus says, listen, go get your husband. In other words, take this offer to own your sin. How long have you been coming to church? How long have you been coming to this place and still continue to live the way that you're living? It's, it was a good word, and I appreciate the amens, but is it changing the way that you want to live? 
Jesus says to the girl, listen to me, I know you want what I got, and girl, I can change your life, but you have to first fess up to the fact that you are living in sin. Do you know what Pastor Wanzo has learned about the modern day church? We don't want to fess up to sin. That is what Jesus was doing with this girl. He says to her, what you said is quite true. Jesus confirms for the girl. He said, I'm just going to throw it out there to see what you do. You're going to address the sin? She says, she says, yes, I ain't got no husband. And then when she finishes, he says, what you say is quite true. Are you willing to fess up to your sins? You know the way that you live in ain't right. <laughs> it's quiet and I love it. Jesus, listen to me. He says, listen to me. Watch this now. Until you leave that, you're not going to live for me. Until you put that down, you're not going to live for me. Listen to me. He is not going to scream at you. He is not going to turn his back on you. All God does is point to the sin in your life. And he allows you to make the decision. Here's my fear. Most of us haven't made that decision. We're saying, Jesus, I want what you want. I want better. I know that you can do miracles. I want all of those things. And when it comes time for you to give what it costs... I'm good. I'll come back next week. Maybe he's preaching something a little easier next week. Maybe he's not going to ask me for the same thing next week. I came to tell somebody today that God has been waiting on you to have this conversation. He wants you to take this offer to own your sin. Because that is the way that I, oh gosh, y'all, that is the way that I impact the earth for the kingdom. He wants to know, are you willing to give me a drink? Are you willing to serve me? And if you are, take the offer to address yourself. Stand to you. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.